Hi, my name is Dylan, and welcome to Save It for the Blind podcast. Hey, guys. What's happening? Welcome to the podcast. Appreciate it. <laughs> um, so on this podcast, we have our hunt program coordinators, Jeff and Carson. How have you guys been doing? Good. Been been very busy. Right now is our busy season. So it's. Uh, I think a lot of people think that we uh, our busy season during duck season, but our busy season is actually pretty much July through September, getting everything prepped for hunting season. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's so much prep that goes into stuff that people don't realize from management to water, dealing with other employees in terms of getting all of our properties ready, um, driving down to Bakersfield, getting stuff <laughs> down, ready down there. So it's a crunch time. So once hunting season really starts, it's really going for a while until we can kind of get our breath, you know, but, uh, yeah, once, once hunting season starts, it really kind of just, uh, the hunt program runs itself once we get to that point um, because it's, you know, the same process day in, day out, running hunts, having people show up. Um, but right now, I mean, it could be five-day work week and we're in a different spot every f- one of those days, whether, like Jeff was saying, we're down to Bakersfield or we're up by Chico and then at Quimby Island, Inner Island, in the Delta could be the very next day. So our weeks right now are just uh, hectic all over the place. I mean, I got to see that firsthand over the summer when I came to help with you guys for the kids camp, and yeah. I got to see how close you guys actually do get to the kids and, you know, what all you do and how much that is such a busy schedule. And a lot of that kind of goes unseen, you know, for the most part. I mean, what you do see is, you know, the kids getting their hunter's ed and all of that. And I myself got my hunter's yeah, ed. Yes, you did. <laughs> New California um, hunter. I know. It was such a good experience. But um, that was such a cool thing. And getting to see how many camps that you guys do and how many kids come out and do get that experience, you know, whether they go on to be a hunter themselves or they just want to learn or they're just there for the experience to be a kid and be at a summer camp. You know, I think it all around has different experiences. So I kind of wanted to start this podcast off with some trivia to see what all, you know, you know. And a lot of... (laughs) You said there was no trivia. It's it's easy. You should... It's either you is should know it. Is it duck hunting trivia or is it it's generalized like, trivia? It's like hunting CWA trivia. trivia? It's yeah, like, that'd be a good one. It's, okay. um, it caught me by surprise on some of them. Like I was like, huh. But um, yeah, there's just 11 questions. So what, What's the prize? Um, you win. Win what? You get to be the winner. Okay. Oh, right. okay, okay, okay. Dragon rights. My, my so, money's on Carson. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So question one, which state has the largest deer population? A, Texas, B, Wisconsin, C, Pennsylvania, or D, Michigan? Texas. Yeah. Yeah, I go Texas. So big. <laughs> got to be Texas. But the second one's got to be Wisconsin. <laughs> yeah, I would go. I'd agree with In that. The cheese curds. Yeah. <laughs> big cheese, cheese curd deer. Um, question two. In what year was the first recorded fee for a hunting license? A, 1783, B, 1864, C, 1889, or D, 1905? You guessed 1905. first. 1905. Okay. Uh, is that right or wrong? Wrong. Uh, <laughs> give me... Give me... Give me... B, 1864. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would have guessed oh, C. Yeah. I don't know. It, like, some of them that were kind of interesting. I didn't... Um. So, question three. What is the biggest... So wait, we what? both got that wrong. Yes. Correct. We're tied. <laughs> yes, for we're, that, you're correct. We're tied. I have a point. Oh, it's who answers first? I was just... Whoever answers. 
Oh, man. You got to explain the rules. We need to give you guys, like, buttons. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> Can we get some of those Staples oh, buttons? Oh, yes. That was that easy. Was, yeah. <laughs> Question three. What is the biggest animal that can legally be hunted in North America? A, bison. <laughs> yeah. Hey, don't even. I mean, you're going to challenge the guy. Challenge me. Come on. That's let's right. Go. I started to get some questions I was being from respectful the and, and Hunter's Edge. This is a competition. There's no respect. <laughs> that one's a mute as well because he didn't let you finish. <laughs> okay. I guess it's fair. We're still yeah. tied up. It was bison, moose, right. I'll let her, elf, I'll let her finish all questions and then I will answer before you. There you go. That works. Um, which president was an avid hunter? A, Teddy Roosevelt, B, Abraham Lincoln, C, James Buchanan, and D, John F. Kennedy. Teddy. Yeah. yeah. He's, quick. He's quick. <laughs> Do you know what Teddy Roosevelt started? No. Lower Klamath National Wildlife Refuge in 1908. Did he really? Yep. First waterfowl refuge. Yes. Yeah, Fun fact for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Federal waterfowl. This can refuge. be good for me as well. Um, okay. So what was that? Four. Five. What is the most popular game bird in North America? A, turkey. B, grouse. C, pheasant. Or D, duck. Turkey. Most what? The most popular Populated? game bird. Popular? Mm-hmm. What was it again? I said, Dove, Tur- Dove I said wasn't turkey. On there. Dove wasn't on there. So that's Turk, the, that's turkey, the number grouse, one day. pheasant, or duck. I'm going to say duck. It's, it's actually not. pheasant. What? Oh, really? Yes. I Googled it many times. Dove it's wasn't pheasant. in there? Isn't, isn't like Dove the opener? The There's more people out there. There's part- more people out in the field that day, I think, yeah, than any like other the highest days. participated day. Yeah. Pheasant. Which caught me by surprise. I thought it would be duck. Well, we have no pheasants here <laughs> that are, you know, still out in the wild. I don't know. That's probably why. Um, which state has the longest hunting season? A, Alaska, B, Louisiana, C, Maine, or D, Virginia? Is this big game included? It's like just hunting in general? The longest hunting season. Okay, go back over those. Alaska, Louisiana, Maine, or Virginia? Alaska. Yeah, I was going to say Alaska. Virginia. Oh, Virginia. How long? I don't know. Oh, come on. You're asking us, we need to go back to some waterfowl questions. (laughs) I just thought it would be funny. I'm a a new big game guy. I started to pull some questions from the Hunter's Ed test, but I was like, that's too easy. I could have got those. (laughs) It says the early archery. I don't know. Yeah, they probably have an early archery, and then they go all the way to like January for like doe hunts. Oh, because they could shoot it. Yeah. A bunch of deer. 900 deer. It says the early archery season generally spans early October to mid-November statewide. Late archery is in early December through January. Location for most hunters, muzzleloader season is in early November and late December through early January. Shoot, their season starts when ours ends. What about our hunting season? It starts, well. Well, you could technically technically all year round. You can make an argument for. Yeah, you got to be specific. What were you specific on? (laughs) The deers? I don't know. <laughs> I grabbed this from a website that like gave a bunch, like 30 questions. So right, what's I just what's kinda, the next one? Uh, which state has the highest percentage of hunting license holders? South Dakota, Texas, Vermont, or Louisiana? Mm. Louisiana? South Dakota. Oh, God. He didn't let me answer. Oh. <laughs> South Dakota. I heard in unison. <laughs> no, I, I was nodding like, that's a good one because they're, they're – there's sportsmen stay there. Yeah, but they have like some of the higher normally like harvested waterfowl a year. If you yeah, look at like true. the states, usually like Texas, California, Arkansas, Louisiana. Or usually in like the top five, but 
Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. A so. lot of these were like interesting for me to know. I know obviously I don't know more than you in hunting, but it was just kind of interesting to see because I think you know for the most part we know a lot about California hunting, but it's, it was kind of interesting to see the differences in the other states. Okay, here's from the these easy answers. One. We don't know a lot about hunting either. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, it just kind of I feel like balances kind of the everything yeah. instead of it being like, oh, I know everything. So, but this one you should know. What is the minimum caliber rifle that can be used to hunt deer in most states? The minimum caliber rifle? Yeah. It has to be a center fire to hunt big game. So I would say minimum caliber would probably oh, be. sorry. I didn't give you answers. Um, how do I say it? Like point twenty two. A yeah. twenty two caliber. That's a twenty two. What are those? Which ones? is a rim like fire. A, it can't like be a two, that. two, three. Twenty two, twenty four, twenty six, twenty eight. You said 22. You had what else? 24, 26, and a 28. <laughs> Whatever's a 223, is it going to fall under 22 caliber center fire? No, I doubt it. Would it? Is no, it, is it, is it listed at 22? Because that'd be a 223. Yeah. Yeah. Then it, yeah. yeah that's yeah. got to be that. Yeah. 22. It's just strange because a, a 22 is a rim fire round that you can't hunt big game with, but right. like the caliber can technically be a 223 if it's a. Right, it's which is center fire. Yeah, center fire. Could. That would make sense. <laughs> so yeah, you got that one right. Um, which state has the most deer per square mile? Mm. Mississippi, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, or Michigan? Oh, Pennsylvania or Wisconsin? I'm, I'm going, going Michigan. What are you going? Uh, I'll go with Wisconsin just because I've been there. Just because you've been there? Yeah. Even if it's not in the south? Yeah, Wisconsin. Mississippi. Mississippi? Oh. Yeah, I know. Gosh. It's it told me, let me see. I, I saw the fact earlier. How many deer per square mile in Mississippi? A lot of these were just interesting because, like, I know eventually we get into talking about waterfowl and kind of everything like that, but it's there's so much more to hunting oh, when it comes to so. that. Yeah, I would never think that would be like a high deer destination they just got because they got small deer they got a lot of them if they got small oh that's true i mean further you go north the bigger they get the buck commander is not (laughs) (laughs) um let's see it says mississippi is 38 deer per square mile pennsylvania has 34 and wisconsin 33 i was close i was about to say you were very close um okay so we only have two more let's see uh, what are the two most popular types of rifles used for deer hunting? Lever action and pump action, bolt action and lever action, semi-automatic and bolt action, or pump action and semi-automatic. Bolt and lever. Yeah. 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 All right, last one. What does skunked mean? Skunked? Yeah. It means you don't get anything. <laughs> That's a blank. When a hunter is unable to kill an animal. Every time Carson hunts without me, it all the time. Fair. That's fair. Uh, when when Dylan goes hunting, never. This year. This year. You're a license. Let's you're, go. You're legal. I know. I feel privileged. Good. How did you As grow you should. Up in Oklahoma and not ever go hunting? Isn't that like, you know, you guys do that in grade school? <laughs> um. Okay, it's school's out. It's all going deer hunting. I mean, I grew up not that like Oklahoma City is like, such a big city but like i grew up in oklahoma city whereas like my husband he grew up in more north he grew up in muskogee so like it's a smaller area and everything so they did go duck hunting and deer hunting and all, all that there but so he's an okie from 
Muskogee. Muskogee. Oh, yeah. Nice. Wow. <laughs> That's always the easiest way. I'm like, thank goodness you're from a place that has a song about it. <laughs> um, okay, so... <laughs> so is that trivia a wash? <laughs> <laughs> I expect my prize at the end of this. Thank you. You got it. Absolutely. You cool. had the upper hand. That was all big game questions, like I said. I'm not I just I thought they were funny and interesting. They were. Kind of. I appreciate it. You're welcome. They were interesting. They were kind of just... Yes, that was kind of the point. Is I wanted to like could have put a couple, hand, you know, I like sh- teed them up for me, like some duck questions or something. I should have put like Maybe at like least a, a couple of the question. like hunters ed ones, so that you could yeah, like we absolutely we, crush we both them. Teach. I give them a duck. I would have been okay. quicker on that. Yeah, yeah, true. Like four most common chokes. <laughs> Got them. Oh, I did look up. I did look up. Do you uh, remember what your four most common chokes are from what we taught you? Remember the chocolate is my yes. favorite. I can't. I can't remember like the. The answers, though, oh, I do on, remember come that on, part. Dylan. Cylinder um, is a, uh, improved cylinder. There you yeah. go. My um, M. Uh, M. Ma. Modified. Yeah. Yeah. And Last one. full. Hey, Boom. There Let's you go. go. Yep. Proud, Don't ask me anymore. <laughs> some proud hunter ed instructors on the <laughs> side of the mic. Oh, we got the duck hunter impossible quiz. Duck Another quiz. Impossible. I told you. I'm I get like kidding. quiz anxiety. <laughs> Did you know how I felt? I was like, I'm around when I went to that camp over the summer and I took the hunter's ed test with all the 10-year-olds. And you passed. I passed, you passed. But there was a looming thought in my head that was like, what if I don't pass? You're like a high 80s. You're and good. Yeah. and all were. these 10-year-olds are like, we passed. Yeah. No, we had, oh, this is a long time ago, but a kid. So we got a, had a kid this summer. He scored 100. We had a few 99s and 98s. But a number of years ago, there was a dad and a kid attended a camp together. And the kid mm-hmm. aced it 100%. And the daddy either got a 98 or a 99. Oh. And, like, after the camp, he, like, came up to us and was, like, demanding, like, these, no, these answers are right that I got wrong. We're like, dude. Yeah, like, you passed. I, your son, you're right because your son beat you. you uh, that happened but, every time this, any camp adult that stayed, their child scored higher than them. There was no 100s, but everyone scored higher. Except, oh, yeah. for, except for one. Yeah. But no, that's true. It, for some reason, the kids just pay better attention. Uh, yeah. I, 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 that was very nerve-wracking for me because I was like, if I don't pass, this is going to be very tough. We could have we retested you okay. <laughs> the next day in the office. <laughs> Carson could have read the test. Let's see here. Um, <laughs> I wonder, uh, let's see. No more trivia. What is a male duck called? A drake. A drake. Okay. Oh, we are doing trivia. Yeah. You said ask me some duck questions. That's him. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah Carson, you can take a five if you want. <laughs> a girl duck is called a hen. Thank you. There's things that I don't know that there's I learned not, from you guys. I just, so whoever's keeping score, there's one on my side. That, that thank you. Early. Um, let's see here. We get like a tally going. This could get wild well, by the end of it. I'm going to give you plus one. You're right going to give me one up right now? <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's fair. I'll take that. Okay. So what I wanted to do ultimately is kind of like get a good understanding of you both, your mm-hmm. backgrounds, where you yep. come from, how you got here, kind of all of those things, just so I think for our listeners, they can understand you and feel more connected to who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so kind of what I wanted to know is... First, you know, kind of ask you both and whether you take turns or however you want to do it. Um, we can start with Jeff. Yeah. Um, tell me about you and, you know, your family, kind of things like that. Who uh, are you? 
Yeah. Um, gosh, good question, I guess. Um, no, I'm just a person that just loves being on the outdoors. Um, obviously, was drawn to waterfowl hunting at, at an early age. So my dad was a, a big duck hunter. Um, my brother was four years older than I was, or than I am. And um, so I was kind of always the tag along. So I can remember I was like four years old. I think my earliest memory, I like the duck club and, you know, being in the trailer and I didn't get to go out in the morning, but I remember my dad coming back out, you know, like mid morning, picking me up and then going out to the blind from there. Um, and then we moved that next year up to Northeastern California in a small town called Fall River Mills. So it was like kind of a sportsman's kind of paradise. And that's kind of why my dad moved up there and, and brought my mom and, uh, and the kids and everyone. But yeah, for me, like we grew up hunting, you know, fly fishing, all that good stuff, you know, every day after school, I, I grabbed the BB gun and went out and started hunting around the yard and stuff. Hunt everything or was like we weren't deer hunter. Made- yeah, it's like mainly birds, so like quail, we'd do some pheasant every once in a while, but but mainly duck and fish, right? And I like to fish now, but I only went fishing when I was younger because my brother loved it and my dad that was really sense. into it. But now I'm like with like the work that we're in, like I still love to duck hunt. And there's some people that I think their passion is not as passionate as, as it once was because you're so immersed in it all the time. But um, yeah, so anyways, we grew up up there. It was great, you know, um, hunted and fished kind of all the time. That was kind of what we did, you know, at least as the boys, me and my dad and my brother always kind of going out. And then my dad kind of transitioned, I would say, out of the hunting realm and kind of did the fishing stuff. And at the same time, my brother had got his, you know, license to drive. So we were like <laughs> off, off to the races, right? So we had our, you know, our own boat and we kind of grew up, you know, public land hunting for the most part. And then, um, yeah, so kind of fast forward to today, I was always that kid kind of waking up in the morning, hoping like a duck show was on television or ESPN. I think at that time I had like a sportsman's, you know, channel, um, early in the morning on the Saturdays, but was always like blowing calls. Um, we had a huge field. We would like dig goose pits and set out my dad's <laughs> decoys. So like, <laughs> you ever kill anything? No, but uh, there were, there was some looks, but we had like my dad had a bunch of stuff, um, you know, decoys and whatnot. So like, we dug goose pits right and like did out a whole spread, like full bodies, shells, etc. Well, we went our family was from the Bay Area, so every Christmas we'd leave for four or five days. And, like, we lived in a town, like, you didn't even lock your house. Like, that yeah. was unheard of. But we left all that stuff out in the fields because it's, you know, small town America. And we came <laughs> back and someone came out and stole, like, <laughs> almost all the spread. Out of town. My dad, out of towners. Yeah. Well, what's funny is, like, I have an Iverson barrel of a duck call and I we were out in that goose pit. So Iverson, it's, it's a collectible, right? I had no idea at that age, but I had it on a lanyard and I lost the insert in the goose pit, but I still have the, the barrel of duck call <laughs> just, now. Just yeah. that. But I was, you know, like seven <laughs> years old, had no idea. So my dad had a bunch of call to grab one off the shelf and like was out there blowing a Iverson. But um, no, so yeah, so fast forward kind of to today, um, was in college kind of looking for, you know, a change of careers. Um, I was in construction management and at the time I was cause I kind of just wanted to just go to work and I was like, well, I might just go do that. And at the time my wife was like, you know, I got like 
a year and a half left, if that, to finish. And my wife, I'll credit her that. My <laughs> girlfriend then, my wife now, she was like, no one regrets finishing college. Yeah. I said, oh, you got me there. Yeah. So we literally went back, Chico State, looked at a bunch of different majors, um, found one kind of natural resource management, switched degrees. And then that next spring, I was on the website and there was a job for a camp assistant, you know, teaching people how to blow duck calls, waterfowl ID, running camps. And, you know, I had some background in baseball and running camps and whatnot. So I was like, man, this job is like, this is for me. This is ideal. Yeah. So at the time, George Oberstadt um, was kind of in my position and sent him a resume, called me pretty quickly and was like, hey, can you come in and, and do an interview? And I was like, yeah, all right. Interviewed and he literally called me like the next day and I picked it up and said, hey, you want a job? I was like, yeah, perfect. And then <laughs> I was just ready for a job. Like the next day afterwards, there was another banding position up in Alaska and I was just going to take whatever because it was like getting pretty close to right. like, you got to you gotta find something to do for the summer. <laughs> and that was kind of it. So I got hired on and I've been on ever since, you know, and I've worked with which which is how many years now? Fifteen, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah, so it's been my only like I've done you know construction and you know worked at ranches all that, but it's been my I would say my only real job, you know <laughs> you know. But I was doing it in college, um, helping running the camps, running camps myself, and then kind of took over what it, in its infancy was kind of our youth hunt program uh, where we were just doing youth hunts. But um, yeah, it's been a great ride. So I was a literally a seasonal employee running camps and now, you know, supervisor of the hunting education programs. But I would say like, you know, definitely something I'm passionate about, but I get, we had to do everything. I get to run habitat. We still do all of our camps, um, deal with our hunt program. That's just exploded over a number of years and, you know, big thanks to Carson when we hired him on and, um, you know, taking that up and, you know, it's been a good ride and, We've just seen a ton of growth, you know, I would say definitely in the last, you know, 10 years of, you know, adding properties and things like that. But, um, yeah, it's been good. And then personal family, two young kids, um, you know, my son never wanted to push it on him, you know, because I never yeah. wanted to, like, I didn't want to do that. But now he's like, hey, can we go shoot at the BB gun? Or, <laughs> hey, you know, he'll come out to the ranch, check water with me. Hey, can I come out to the ranch? And we're gonna, are we gonna ride on the buggy? Like, yeah, of course we're gonna do. And my daughter will come out too. So, that part of it now as a dad is is pretty awesome to kind of yeah. see the the full circle um, deal. So those passions kind of carry on through your dad to you to you yeah. to your kids, and it just kind of fulfills the whole thing as to why you enjoy what you do so much. You know, yeah. I mean, then hopefully your kids feel that same way and they pass it on to their kids. You know, if that's something that they enjoy, and I think as always, if you love something so much and if you're honest and genuine about it i mean people love it too it's easy and you, it's contagious i mean i didn't come from a hunting background at all and i see the benefits in it just from being with you guys or jason and brian you know with the waterfowl biology and there's so many different elements to it than just shooting an animal you know there's so many layers oh, yeah. to yeah. it um so carson i mean i know that we are i feel like closer in age mm -hmm. and and things so like how did you i might look pretty old I no i mid just mid 30s here hey we are all the same then well, i'm not you guys are younger than i am 
Yes. Um, as far as things go, I mean, you know, I know I would imagine we were probably in college at the same time and things, even though we didn't go to the same college or anything. So how did your passion for hunting start or how did you get involved with CWA? Like, where did that all start for you? Yeah. So mine um, grew up in a, a hunting family. My dad hunted. Um, so I was always kind of not born into it, but brought into it and took a liking to it. And the first job I ever had, I worked at the city of Roseville doing paperwork stuff in an office. And after a summer of that, I knew I never wanted to be, you know, <laughs> office work ever again. I was from the get go. I was week. like, it's, it's not for me. So I thought, okay, how can I be, you know, out doing something I love uh, in the field while still getting paid for it? What degree do I need to pursue? And I didn't want to be a game warden, which gets you out in the field, but I'm not the law enforcement type. Yeah. Um, so I figured on waterfowl biology, be a biologist. So I went to school at Chico State for biology. Uh, while I was there, Chico State has the only academic chapter of CWA that exists where there's no fundraising involved. There's only, um, we'll bring in wetlands guys from CWA as well as, as well as waterfowl biologists, and they'll just come to the class and talk about it. So I actually ended up being president of that for two years, met a lot of the people that I now work with, and that kind of gave me a little bit of insight into the company. Um, and then right before I graduated, I actually came into this exact office and interviewed with our waterfowl biologist to be a banding technician. And I was graduating college, um, had a girlfriend at the time who's now my wife. And uh, they basically said, hey, it's a, it's a part-time position. Like you're going to have work for three months and then we can't guarantee you anything else. And during that time at Chico, I was working at Sportsman's Warehouse in the, the hunting department. And they were going to offer me the hunting department manager position, which was full-time. Um. So I basically told him, like, hey, I, I really like full-time. Like, I don't want to move back with my parents. I'm done with right. college. And so I'll never remember it. Caroline, who doesn't work with us any longer, she was the the head biologist back then. She said, well, I saw you interviewed for this assistant hunt program coordinator position. Do you want to interview for that? I was like, yeah, of course. <laughs> like, that's full-time. That's way up more up my alley. Like, I've grown up hunting my whole life. That's my passion. Um, so I interviewed with Jeff probably a week later. And then I started as an assistant hunt program coordinator two weeks after I graduated college. I think, I don't know, a year and a half after I switched to the hunt program coordinator when Jeff kind of moved up into his position. Um, and I just hit six years of running the hunt program. So uh -huh. my thing is, you know, taking care of properties, doing a lot of stuff on the back end that people don't see, getting hunts online, reaching out for donations, uh, registering folks. Um, so that's kind of my spot in CWA currently is is that hunt program coordinator role where during hunt season, I'm getting people out to their blinds, that sort of thing, and then working on the back end of, uh, of our systems. And it's been, it's been an amazing ride. I wouldn't change it for anything. I mean, I don't know of a job that can put you out into the hunting realm. Say you have a 100-day season, I'm yeah. in it 90 days, which a lot of people can get burned out on. That's something that he's warned me about and talked about. Like, hey, if you ever feel like you're getting burned out, like, let me know. And there's a fine balance because yeah. I know a lot of guys that will hunt hunt 30 days out of the year, and they're burned out. It's like we work and hunt combined yeah. probably 90 days, and it's day after day 90 days. It's not breaks. Yeah, and I would say on that, it's, you know, we're not necessarily out in the field, but like, someone's you know a property for example like on a wednesday you get a phone call at 4 35 in the morning with a hunter like hey i'm something happened I, I can't come or whatever it may happen and employees have an issue 
and then you still get those phone calls at you know eight o'clock at night of hey this hunt just came available you know I'm having a hard time registering my guest or they didn't get the email so it's you know we try to do our best job on you know providing the best customer service that we can you know through all of our programs but specifically the the hunt program um, and trying to take care of all of our hunters but it you know from dove season all the way through turkey it's it's a grind Mm -hmm. you know uh, in terms of making sure everything runs smoothly yeah and and like jeff said like i my most prideful thing about what we do is our customer service because it doesn't matter if it's a friday night at eight o'clock i will call you back and i will make sure you are set for your hunt whatever it is and uh, a lot of folks in California and maybe in other states, you know, when you go to a refuge, you don't get that same experience of somebody that's joyful there, the relaxation of our hunts. We're going to provide you decoys, that sort of thing. Um, and I think that's what pe- has people coming back to our program. And that's yeah. what I personally take pride and joy in is seeing those people and seeing how happy they are when they come back um, and talking about, hey, we loved this so much. We want to come back and do it again. And that can always be controlled by myself, Jeff, and our hunt techs. Like it's how much yeah. effort you put forth. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, to that point, do you ever like look back and think about, man, what if I would have taken that job at Sportsman's or what if I would have went to Alaska? How different my life would have been? Would I have had these same positive experiences or would I have been, you know, not as happy? And I think that this just proves your point that you're you were the right person chosen mm-hmm. for the job and this yeah. is the right thing for you because it comes so naturally. And then you want to do more for the people that sign up for the camps or for the people that, you know, want to be involved and it's easy yeah, to give back and care. We're both in a place now in our hunting careers where a lot of times we would rather see other people succeed and we don't need to be out there every day where that's hard for some people. Yeah. Some people are diehard hunters where they can't give up that Wednesday and Saturday because those yeah. are the days they hunt. For us, it's like, hey, you know what? We're working. Like, yeah. we'll go hunt on an off day or two, but that's not our priority anymore. It's not like we need to go harvest ducks left, right, and center. It's like I want to see, you know, some ten year old go kill his first duck at Birdhaven. That's right. that. That's my thing. That that that's I your get. joy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I can't. I can remember the last ten years actively hunting on an opener nope. like per, like <laughs> nope like personally yeah. you know in the morning you know we get out in the afternoons you know at the duck blind and whatnot but i mean uh, in terms of like yeah i'm gonna go hunt x y and z opening weekend I, it it's a long weekend to get everything ready but yeah i mean once opening weekend happens i am so happy when people go out and have a great hunt because we try to make the properties like if we stepped foot in them we would be happy with the blind and the setup Right. So like I feel like we have a pretty high expectation. Yeah, our standards are probably a lot higher than most folks. Yeah. I would say, yeah. Um, you know, we get, you know, oh, the blind had too much brush on it or something. We're like, well, would you rather have it the opposite? We're like, yeah. there's no brush on <laughs> yeah. it. So So with, you know, obviously you both coming from a hunting background, I would imagine that your parents can easily do this, but how would your parents describe what you do for a job? Because it's not your typical job. You know, my mom is, an, you know, she grew up in accounting and yeah. she got her degree from the University of Texas in accounting. And so she's, yeah. <laughs> it was able to be very targeted to that. But, yeah. so you know. I think I think it's different. I think it depends on, so like my dad grew up a hunter. So he knows exactly what I do. My yeah. mom does know exactly what I do, but she can't explain it to someone. <laughs> so even even myself, if I'm having a conversation with a hunter, I will explain my job, what I do, because they'll understand it. If it's somebody who isn't in that realm, a lot of time I'll tell them, hey, I work for a nonprofit that does habitat restoration work. We have a hunting department. I'm in charge of that. 
and don't dive too deep into that. Yeah, keep it um, very surface. Yeah, and I, I think that's kind of how my parents <laughs> would do it. My dad probably would go into a little more effort about what I actually do, but I think my mom would would go on the surface of like, hey, works for Cal Waterfowl. They're a nonprofit, and he takes people hunting. Yeah. Like that's that's kind of the gist of it. You're like a guide. You can be, yeah, you but know, I'm not very much or... not. Yeah, very, very much not. Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think my mom would probably be like, yeah, he does youth camps, you know, <laughs> which is like fair. But it's such a small like section, section, yeah. especially now. So we're we're doing the camps together again, and but it's like you know managing the habitat, all the different hunt programs with women, veterans, kids, all mm-hmm. that stuff, all the back end computer stuff, managing habitat, um, finding new properties. You know, it's it's a you know, 365 type of deal, but yeah, I'd be like, yeah, youth camps for waterfowl probably. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, my mom is like, she's on social media a lot. She's on her phone. And I'm like, mom, come on. No, she gets it. Ducks, I think. Yeah, yes. And that's the cool thing. You know, I grew up really loving animals, so it's cool to see a full circle, even though I didn't come from the hunting The full yeah. circle is going to be when we get you out this year and you go I hunting. Know. Yeah. Because I see kind of the, the longevity of of hunting and shooting your your animal and being able uh-huh. to harvest, you know, just yeah. doing kind of the whole thing. Yep. I mean, you know, living in California and things are expensive. Yeah. So being able to kind of do that aspect would be definitely nice. But your husband, Kate, he's a hunter, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we have we have a German shorthair pointer. So they when we lived in Utah last year, we would go well, we. He would go <laughs> he would go hunt pheasant with with our dogs. Okay. So that that's what we have been doing as of lately. And then he grew up duck hunting and deer hunting with his okay. friends. So, um, yeah, a little bit of everything, you know, but, um, I think with hunting, there's a lot of areas that you can be good at. And I think for both of you, you've probably become very skilled and very knowledgeable in all the things. Is there something that you're just like, this is not, I cannot do this. I'm not very good at this aspect of hunting. As far as hunting goes, like waterfowl yeah. hunting or just hunting in general? Anything, yeah. Is there like, so is there there's some, <laughs> I, I will say yes. <laughs> so in deer hunting um, or big game hunting in general, there's a tactic called still hunting, which is okay. basically where, say, you have a big swath of woods and you're going to take two steps and you stop for 30 seconds to a minute and you look and then you take two more steps. It's literally, you're trying to be as still as possible. I, I don't have the patience to do it. (laughs) Not for me. Not for me. I'm not good at it. I've will tramp through the woods, scare deer. My deer hunting tactic is to get up high and use my binoculars. Right. Um, if I were to say there's something that I can't do, I just can't do that. I just, my body doesn't allow me to do it. I don't have the patience. It's not for me. Yeah. Would you say the same? I definitely couldn't do that, but I could. I can't sit in like a tree stand. That was fine. I did that. Because um, like you're oh. obviously, I mean, you're a very skilled duck caller. So yeah. like that's something that you're like that. That's my jam. In terms of waterfowl hunting, um, it's you know, other than like the applications, like skullbow hunting, like we have done skullbow. But I was usually in the front. I was a shooter, <laughs> so I wasn't like skull in the bow. My brother was. Um, I wouldn't say so much on that side, but like on the big game side, like I'm new. I've only shot a couple animals. Yeah, a you've couple, only been couple deer. big game hunting for four, three yeah. or four years now. Yeah, so I've shot a couple pigs. But it's one of those things where it's like, hey, Car- like my first year, like, Car- Carson, what do I do? Yeah, <laughs> and I hear I'm a hunter instructor, but I'm like, you know, it's different. There's so much to, yeah, and to I didn't, learn and oh, know yeah. about. And I didn't grow up deer hunting, right? Or we went like, driving around the woods, yeah. you know, with a deer tag. That's not deer hunting, but it never got anything. Um, but, yeah, that, in terms of the prep 
I feel really confident now. Yeah, like, you, you've. I mean, the amount of stuff you've learned in the last three years has been immense. Yeah, I mean, like, so we went antelope hunting, and um, yeah, I felt like confident if I was by myself. I'm good to go. I pack it out and and good. So, um, and what? pig hunting, etc. Oh, uh, that hog hunt thing that that you guys went on that guy that guided hunt was really cool. Got one tomorrow. Really? So we'll see what happens. Hey, yeah. bring home the bacon. Yeah, those um, have been those have been popular. Those have been very popular. <laughs> so, with hunting or with you know just your field in general, what is like a common myth that oh, you feel like there's there's, there's <laughs> one glaring uh, one in our yeah. field, and that is we get to hunt all the time. Uh, you guys hunt all the time, huh? Like, that you know, is, we work when other people are hunting. Yes, <laughs> furthest from the truth. Yeah. How often do you feel like you guys get to hunt for your own game? So we do get out. A, f- a fair amount, but we are lucky because we both have rice blinds where we can hunt any day of the week. So we may be working on a Wednesday or Saturday when a normal uh, refuge in California is open where we can't go hunt the refuge. Um, but luckily, right. because we have these other split places that we can go on a Monday or a Tuesday on our days off, we can get those days in. If we didn't have that availability, we I mean, I would probably be hunting a lot, lot, lot less. Yeah. Um, but I, th- I think the misconception is – Oh, you guys, you know, after we're gone at Grizzly Ranch, you guys are out there. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. Or after you guys, like, those are the misconceptions that we get. And it's like, you guys are hunting all the time. Or you're a guide. It's like, we're not a guide. We're kind of a glorified um, event coordinator, to be honest. Like, having people show up at a certain time, making sure everybody's happy, making sure everybody gets to their blind. And then we go sit in a clubhouse and do computer work. We don't go out there and hunt. This is true. And after like like the big weekend camps like Bird Haven or oh, duck yeah. camps or whatever, I mean like you're there Thursday, they, people show up Friday, you're getting everything ready. By Sunday, you've literally barely slept, True. you know. And then you're like, "Oh, are you gonna go hunting tomorrow? Yeah, like Monday." And you're like, "No, yeah, I, I've got like to catch up on emails, and I'm tired." Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even when I came up for that camp, I mean, coming up Friday and then leaving Sunday. By that time, I mean, you've been waking up so early. Yeah. You've been with the kids. I mean, you guys did way more camps than I have. You're talking all day. Yes. Yeah, you know. The last asking. thing you want to do is wake up again at 3 a.m. and go sit in a duck blind. It's like, you know, like I love it. And it's our passion, but yeah. we're around it so much that suffices. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd say true. like now is more like, hey, I got I got two hours tomorrow, <laughs> Tuesday afternoon. I can go sit in the duck blind and, you know, well, I can do that. What's changing for you is now you have a kid that's going to be joining you. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's fun. He's definitely excited, so he's been dove hunting turkey, been in the duck blind. As an observer. As an observer, but has his little BB gun. <laughs> um, but he's, you know, like I said, we kind of slowly progressed into that. Um, didn't want to push it on him. And, uh, yeah, we were at uh, Kittles a couple weeks ago, and there was a camo sweatshirt, small, sized youth, Aww. and put it on. He's like, I want this. Oh. <laughs> yes. So you got it, right? We ordered a different brand online, uh, uh, fair. but fair. it was like, you know, dad moment tier. <laughs> um, it was it was cool. So we went online and hey, here's a sweatshirt. And there was another jacket, you know, like a, I wear a down jacket. It's the exact same one as I wear. I was like, do you want this? Like, no, I just want I just want the sweatshirt. It's <laughs> like, well, I think you need the jacket too. It's just a good price and everything. Sometimes like, you have to like convince them that that's yeah. What so they I was like, need, I know? got the jacket. You had to convince mom. <laughs> Don't like, worry. Got the jacket and the sweatshirt. So um, he was all excited about that. So we'll see. Um, I I think kind of with that, you know, um, having 
kids has probably changed your passion for hunting altogether. I mean, it's changed probably what you value most when you go out in the marsh or in the field or just whatever. And I think Carson, you know, probably since getting married and just growing up with hunting, your passions and things have also changed. So kind of what has been the most important lesson that you've learned and what has been most memorable for you since you have been hunting Um, or hunt program, you know, whatever. I mean, as far as life goes and what I've learned in being in a relationship and anybody that is in the hunting industry or uh, hunts a lot and is in a relationship um, deals with, you know, the hunting season blues. My my wife doesn't hunt. So from October to January, I'm gone on the weekends. And it's a conversation that we had back weights seven years ago when we started dating. This is what's going on. Where it's like, (laughs) this is kind of how it's going to be. And... I, I can't change it. Like this is my life. It's it's not something I do for fun. It, it's something that centers me as a person. Absolutely. Um, so I have to do it, and and everybody goes through it. Um, we've gone through the tough times with it when she wants me to be home, and we've come to a very good understanding of like, hey, you know, I'm going to try to balance it as best I can. I will let you know when I'm leaving. I will let you know when I think I'm going to be back. Um, and just go from there and everybody's different. Everybody has a different way it works, but that's the way it works for us. And the last however many years it's been smooth sailing. Great. Um, and that's, you know, it it changed for everybody. I'm sure when we have kids, it's, it's going to change from there. Um, right now we just purchased a house. So shoot tonight, I'd rather be going (laughs) deer hunting in a zone, but I'm going to be at my house building a a bed frame. So, you know, you sacrifice, I mean, you know, in in every different career industry, you know, there's are there's the benefits and the cons to it. Yeah. You know, if you're going to go be in the military, if you're a firefighter, I mean, there are those conversations that you have to have. That's yeah. going to be, hey, I may not be home for weeks on end, and it's it's a conversation you have to have with your spouse yeah. on is that going to work? Because Correct. I mean, yeah, part of hunting is a part of your job, no matter if you're doing it for fun or for someone else. I mean, it. It has to exist in order for the other things to go along. I mean, I imagine for your kids, your family, there's probably things you've missed, but also things that yeah. you've gained with your son enjoying hunting. So, I mean. Well, especially now, I think like, you know, early, pre-kids, not that I, I would say I was getting burnt out, but, you know, we were kind of short staff. We we're working 10 hours. And now, like, there was a time where it's like, I would rather go fish, you know, yeah. like, or something. And now I think it's kind of full circle where it's like, my dog had passed away a number of years ago. You know, we have a new dog now. Um, you know, my son's showing some interest in it. And to me, like, it's just, it's probably more rejuvenated me more than anything to like yeah. want to get back out there, a different phase in life um, and whatnot. Even though, you know, I love to hunt in the past and I've always loved to do that. But, you know, there'd be times people were like, hey, do you want to go out tomorrow? You know, we got this field lined up. I'm just like, man, I'm. I'm tired, you know, like, you know <laughs> yeah. or, or whatnot. Like, and you know, it's not a good time, but um, yeah, now it's definitely, and that I've branched out into other hunting, I think, yeah, has also definitely. helped. But um, it breaks up the monotony of duck season when you yeah. can go to Wyoming or Colorado for a week in November and yeah. go big game hunting, and then come back and it almost resets you, even though you're still hunting, yeah. but it's just totally different. But talking about the spouse thing, I mean, like, I think it's great. Like, it's like when I was me and my wife been together since I was 17, so a very long time. Dang. And that was a Congrats, conversation. Though. Yeah, that was a conversation like, hey, I have an obsession with hunting. <laughs> <laughs> and at the time, baseball. But I was like, hunting's like, that's it. it. Yeah, that makes you happy. Great. And there's, you know, 
I think that's reassurance that you found the right person too. Yeah, she's like, mm-hmm. why would I want to take something that makes you happy away? And she's been like, phenomenal about it. But I think it'd be hard. Like you're seeing a ton of like adult adult onset hunters now. You know, say if they're married and they're already you know, thirty. Ooh, yeah. And I didn't think like, about that. Hey, hey, babe. <laughs> I'm going to go duck hunting every Saturday. And it's and like record scratch. Sunday. Yeah. And they're like, say what? They, yeah. They've had the same pattern for yeah. the last 10 years, and all of a sudden a wrench got thrown in it. <laughs> like, I think that would be super hard for us. It's like, hey, it's, it's already coming. It's October. Like, you, yeah, they you, know. They you know, know what to expect. You know they know it's October from basically February, we're busy. And then, you know, we do get our off time February to. April, May, where we're running turkey hunts, doing postseason stuff, but we're at home a lot where we yeah. can be with the kids, we can be with our wives. Yeah. Um, and that's that's our kind of making up for being sure. gone so much. You have to take the good with the bad. And the good is, you know, I can be home four or five days a week in March when we're not doing anything, yeah. and I give up my weekends in October, November, December. Like, yeah. if you're okay with that trade-off, so be it. I mean, yeah. kind of with that, I mean, you know, Obviously, there's a lot of benefit in having a lot of time, you know, whether it's with your family or time just being able to go do whatever you'd like, whether you want to go shoot the basketball or just whatever. But there's also the benefit of, like, having a lot of money. I mean, would you rather have more time or more money? Both. <laughs> I guess that's fair. I, I, you know what I, mean? I would think time. You can produce money with time. This is true. That is true. That's very Two true. Two birds, one stone. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's a – I mean – I think time and something that you're passionate about, right? Like, yeah, is because it can the goal. keep, re- you know, it could keep re- producing more. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, whether you get a certain set or not. I know a lot of people are extremely wealthy and they're miserable. Sure. So I mean, yeah, I know the same. I'd, I'd go with the time personally. Yeah. 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 I mean, I didn't grow up, you know. I feel like having a lot, you know, and I think that that really helped me to where, you know, if things get tough. I'm very familiar with how that is already versus I feel like some of my friends, whereas they were given everything or had the advantage to do whatever, and then suddenly they don't have it. It's like the world comes crashing down. And I feel like kind of hunting gives you that stable balance. Like you mentioned, you know what you get that in your work. So you don't even have to like seek it outside of your job. Yeah. And it's, it it is different from work because you know, you're, you're thinking about what you have to do and there's a little bit more to it, but like I can go out and I can go deer hunting by myself on a weekday and I will come back and I will be refreshed and I can go help my wife do what she needs to do. Like I I need that every once in a while just to reset myself. Oh, absolutely. Um, And that's, that's just how I'm wired to to work is like, if I, if I sat inside all day, 24 seven, you know, office job, I would be a terrible person. (laughs) It but, really does something to you. Yeah, but like to be able to go out even just in an afternoon from where I live, go deer hunt, it it just centers me back to where I need to be and I can be a better husband, a better person, a better coworker yeah. because of it. And I think that's what's unique about our job because it's we wear lots of different hats. And yeah. I think it's you know, I think that's why I've been here so long is you like have seasons where like boom, you're in camps, and then, all right, now we're doing property prep, we're planting stuff, and then, all right, now we're flooding and we're getting ready for friends. It's constantly changing, and the seasons are different. I think Every day is different. It is, but, I mean, I think that's why, like, it's like, – we are happy, right? Oh, like, 100%. Because you get to do a bunch of different stuff every week. Every yeah. day is different. This, this um, week we went and picked up boats yesterday. We're here doing a podcast today. I have a pig hunt tomorrow. The next day I'm scouting for deer for our hunt on Saturday. Like every day is different. Yeah. And 
that allows you just to not get in that same droning, monotonous. Like a rut almost. Correct. Exactly. Yeah. So we're extremely fortunate. Yeah, I would agree. But also I think like as an organization as a whole, like everyone's passionate, even if you're not a duck hunter, like I think everyone's passionate about what CWA does, you know? And I think that's contagious and fun, you know? Um, And I think that's why we have a lot of employees that have been over that 20 year mark. Yes. Correct. I mean, outside of, you know, your job and, you know, what you've come to enjoy and learn and anything, is there any occupation outside of the one that you've currently been doing for the past year, you know, handful of years that you wish that you could have tried or that you could have saw yourselves doing or is the one that you're in kind of where you're at? You're like, this is this is where I'm supposed to be. I th- So I think this is where, I mean... My feeling is this is where I'm supposed to be. If for some reason this job didn't exist, I would probably try to be in a biology aspect, whether it's waterfowl or ungulates, which is deer, elk, um, that sort of thing, big game, biologist. I'm the type of person that wants to be out in the field, wants to be hands-on with the animals, um, wants to be hand-on with people's success. So I don't think there's a better job for what I do now. But mm-hmm. if this wasn't created and I wasn't in this position, I think I'd be following that biology aspect of kind of what I pursued in college. That makes sense. What about yeah. you, Jeff? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think if you wrote a job on a piece of paper, this one would pretty much cover <laughs> all my it's like nasty. checking all the boxes. Yeah. Pretty, pretty much. But I think, you know, either something in biology, working for the state or whatnot, or, you know, always been interested in real estate, so maybe something more of that. You, know, you to- could not totally. sell a house. <laughs> I could s- you could not sell a I house. Sell, you can't sell ice to an I, igloo. I Come could, on. I could sell every, anything that you want. Oh. Pull the wall for Wall Street. Sell me uh, this pencil. Oh, you can't do that. <laughs> but I don't know. Um, not necessarily that, but like buying a house, flipping a house, kind of the construction. I'll, I give, I'll give you that I, one. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. I'll give you that one. Aspect. Yeah, not necessarily like realtor <laughs> i feel like i feel like if you were selling a house you'd be like buy this house i don't need to it's great that. come this on is the best house <laughs> it's got ac that works yeah. yeah yeah but at the same time we need those types of people oh so. well i've seen some realtor they really don't know what's going on either that's true. so that's I, true. I would become uh i'd become the expert I mean, I'm, I'm usually prepared so whatever it is i'll try to be prepared you know some people are like what's this i have no idea i just Let me me Google it really quick. Why are we paying you? (laughs) Um, Okay. So, I mean, with all that said, I think this question always speaks volumes on who you are as people. So, if you could have dinner with any person, dead or alive, who would it be and why? I I got three. Um, My first one would be Theodore Roosevelt. And I don't know if we can bring him back, but I'd love to talk to him about Klamath and see what, what his idea is on the fake snake. Because I feel like he could throw some big weight around. You I know? think so too, a hundred percent. So that would be that would be one. My second one would be um, Meriwether Lewis from the Lewis and Clark expedition. Oh, that's a great one. We yeah. we both myself and Jeff have read a book about their expeditions and just being able to talk to that person about what they actually saw. And some of the stuff is missing that they saw and never came back um, would be incredible. Yeah. And then my other one is between two people, and it's either Stephen Ranella or Luke Combs. Stephen Ranella, because I I just want to know what he would think of our programs and what we're doing. Um, I also think, obviously, he's a great speaker, great advocate for 
uh, the hunting community. And Luke Combs, I've been to his concert, great concert. The dude's a hunter. Looks like he'd party great hard. Great guy. I'd be there. So <laughs> we could get him on the podcast. That it, would be phenomenal. Yeah, sign me up. I will be here. <laughs> what uh, are we having though? You know, what food? Are we having some steaks? Uh, or whatever well, he wants. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Jeff? Um, gosh, that's hard. Probably Abraham Lincoln. Ooh, that'd be a good that's one. a good one. Yeah. I mean, it's a good one. Definitely him. I didn't grow up with any grandpas, so I'd probably love to talk to them one day. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I think Abraham, it's just it's fascinating kind of the time period that he was in and, and everything that he accomplished um, as a leader would be definitely someone to sit down with. Good old honest Abe. Mm-hmm. What about you? Yeah. I wasn't prepared. Well, um, then it's good. <laughs> I'd probably, I mean, like just hands down, I'd, I'd like to be able to have dinner with my dad. My dad passed away when I was 15, so a sophomore in high school. So if I could speak to anybody, I'd want to just be able to learn from him yeah. and then be able to like have dinner with my grandma, his mom, because she's the reason I have a tomato tattoo. She loved tomatoes a lot, and oh, cool. I did not. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so those are probably like two people I'd like to definitely learn from, yeah, and yeah. you know, ask questions because they they passed so early, and I didn't get to know them. Yeah, and then probably Judy Garland. Oh, I loved the Wizard of Oz growing up. So, um, yeah, those would probably be my three. I'd love to learn from them. I like That's it. Awesome. Yeah. So I think that is all the time that we have. Cool. Hopefully Many you'll, more. Hopefully you'll have us back. <laughs> uh, absolutely. I mean, maybe to sell some houses by chance. I mean, we could sell decoys or something. Okay, oh, okay. yeah. We, I, can, we can modify this. I'm, I'm okay with some decoys or maybe, you know, some other hats there that we go. have or the, the whiskey. Some CWA merch. The, you know, the Pacific Flyway wi- whiskey yeah, is, is pretty it? good. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> can you see that? We good? Yeah. Every bottle proceeds go to CWA's Veteran Hunt Program. So thank hey. you guys for that. Yeah. And Yetis as well. Oh, yeah. We love our Yetis. And Yetis also are a sponsor for the Veteran Hunt Program, I believe, as well. Yep. So that's it. My name is Carson. Thanks for watching the Save It for the Blind podcast here at the CWA Roseville headquarters. You can find this podcast at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are found.